Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited you're hanging out with us today because I've got my good friend Darlene Flagg here hanging out with us in the program. She is a uh, just an, an ambassador for, for women, an ambassador for leadership. She's a mother and mentor to many, and I can't wait for you to hear her story. I won't try to get into it because I will ruin it. She'll do a way better job of it here in a minute. Before I do, I do want to talk to you about my sponsors, and I will start with Smart Choice. They are uh, the fastest growing agency network, hands down, and they they do what they do for you, and they come in whether you need one market or you need 10. Uh, They are the solution for you. Go to smartchoiceagents.com, and you're going to go to the Find a Market tab. Click on that. Go to the state map and uh, hit your state, and you can find your your products you can sell there. You can find your territory manager, your marketing reps, all of those things there. Uh, you can even get some advice there on some different things you can do within your agency. Uh, so awesome. Go to smartchoiceagents.com. Tell them the mayor sent you. Also, my good friends over at CoverDesk, Andy Priestman and his team do a phenomenal job. They are your premier solution for virtual assistants. And what they do is they, they put the virtual assistants through extensive training to learn what we do in our industry. They train them on management systems. They train them on carrier systems, on CRMs, so they can just plug right into your agency and become a part of your team, the fabric of your agency, the part the part of your culture, everything. Uh, go to CoverDesk.com. Whether you need one virtual assistant or you need a team with CoverDesk Direct, let them know the mayor sent you. And lastly, I want to talk to you about my good friends over at Manscaped. Fall is here ladies and gentlemen, and that means it's time to freshen up your grooming routine. And there's no better way than to do that with Manscaped. Fall is a season of change, and Manscaped has the tools you need to keep yourself looking and feeling your best. The Lawnmower 4.0 is a game changer. With advanced skin-safe technology, it's waterproof for you to use in and outside the shower. Manscaped is the men's best in below-the-waist grooming. Precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. But that's not all. They also offer a discount for being a listener of Insurance Town. When you go to manscaped.com, scroll down to the bottom, type in the word mayor, and you will get 20% off. That's 20% off, plus you're getting your free shipping. That free shipping is is an incredible game changer there as well. Manscaped.com, using the code mayor. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to jump out of the way here and let you hear my conversation. Sit back relax and enjoy my conversation with Darlene Flagg. Darlene Flagg, what's happening, sister? How are you? Good morning. Good morning, Heath. How are you? I am good. It's good to see you. You as well. Thanks for the invite to join you. Yes, ma'am, for sure. Look at you looking all pretty. Is that red? It's a, it's an orange. It's one of my favorite colors, but the glasses are red. I have a, I wear my glasses and they're a statement. So (laughs) yeah, dude, for sure. You look good. You look good. So how's life treating you? Life's good. Life's good. Busy, you know, expecting my uh, fourth grandchild. So excited. Life is busy. My, my son just got his license to, to get in the insurance industry. So I'm excited. Yeah. Life's good. Well, well, I knew you had twins. Now you snuck a third one in on me. Now you got a fourth one. What's the third one? So my daughter and her husband have a set of twin boys. Um, Uh They have a baby girl and they have a fourth baby girl on the way. So um, young couple in love and um, leaving my legacy. And I love that because that's what I'm in the business for creating a legacy. 
So okay, so everybody talks about you know being a mom and dad. That's cool, and I got three kids myself. Being a mom and dad's cool, but being a grandparent's a different ballgame altogether. Why? Why is it so different being a grandparent? So it's a combination of you can love them for who they are. You can do all the things that you want to do for them. Like last night, we took this two-mile walk to Walgreens. I filled them up with sugar, brought them home, and gave them back to their parents. So you can you can love them in the moment, right? And then you can give them back to the parents. So it, oh, it's just scary. a different level of love. It is different. Just so that you love your kids, but you love your grandchildren. So when you get there, you'll understand. Yeah, I, I can't wait. But, <laughs> you know, obviously, I want it to be a while. Don't get me wrong. But it's uh, one of those things. My mom and dad go crazy, you know, over the grandkids. I got three and my brother's got two kids. I got other brothers have kids. They just go nuts over the grandkids. I'm like, Grandkids love you in a different way. It's they crazy. love you in a different way. Yeah. So it's, I love mine. <laughs> yeah. I'm, and I'm Darla. I'm not grandma. I'm Darla, though. <laughs> Darla? Darla. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's a little, there's not like a grandma or mama or Mimi, Gigi, Didi, whatever. It's Darla. Grandma was coming out too close to mom. And so the mom didn't like that. So she's like, let's change it. So Darla is what I am. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like that. Um, and so you got number four on the way. That's cool. All right. So let's get into, since we're already talking about who you are a little bit, let's, uh, let's back up a little bit. Let's take a walk down memory lane. Why don't you tell me a little bit about Darlene Flagg? Go back as far as you want to, and then lead me up to where you are today. It's an impressive resume. Awesome. So I am, I'm Darlene Flagg, uh, mother and mentor to many. How did I get there? Family of six, right? Single parent. Um, first child to go off to a four-year college to pursue a college degree, first child to get a master's. What does that say about me? It says that from a young age, I recognized that I had a different fight in me and also that I wanted to, I grew up poor, right? I, I take no shame in saying that. Um, I grew up in Freehold, New Jersey, the home of Bruce Springsteen. I actually graduated from the same high school as Bruce, right? Um, the year I was born was the year he graduated, right? So I, I grew up poor, right? And I wanted more. And from my time at Seton Hall for my bachelor's through to my master's, I always wanted different. I started out as a math major. And that still lives and breathes in with in with me, right? Because I can sit down and write logic for anything, right? That's how my mind is wired. But change to the broadcasting um, track. And once I got the opportunity to go from aerospace, that's the math, the logic component, into financial services, it stuck with me. And very early on, um, someone saw in me my ability to lead people. I was in my early 30s and they said, you just have this natural gift to lead people. And that's kind of where the mother to mentor piece came in, right? Because someone said to me, what do you want left on your tombstone, right? Write it down. And I still have this lavender um, index card where I wrote down mother and mentor to many. And that has really stuck with me, sometimes to the detriment, right? Because I give people chances on top of chances, but that's what I was as a parent, right? I gave my kids the grace to make decisions. The commitment was, right, that once we made a commitment that we were going to execute and live on that commitment, 
then you could quit. We weren't quitters, right? And so if I look back at who I am in my journey, you know, being one of six, um, having the willpower and the tenacity and the fight to want more, um, it's helped to shape me into the mother that I am today, the leader that I am today, the daughter, the friend, and the grandmother that I am today. Um, so that's a little bit about me. I love that. You know, so much to unpack in there. And, you know, and I would love to get further into the journey a little bit, but let me stop there for a minute because I think there's a difference in, you know, being a leader and, and being able to lead people. And I think that, you know, someone who has the ability to lead people, you know, it's one thing to, to be put in a leader position, but there's nobody following you. If you're up on that hill, and I heard this the other day, and it, it makes me cringe every time, but people say, you know, it's lonely at the top. It's only lonely at the top if you're a bad leader. If you're a good leader, there's going to be people on that mountaintop with you. If you look around, there's nobody around. You're not a good leader. And and I would say that's true on both sides because sometimes a great leader has to sit by him or herself temporarily until the vision becomes clear and you can make that vision clear to other people. Because in the beginning, if people don't understand the journey that you're taking them on, you may seem alone, but you're not. It's your responsibility as a leader to bring them along. But you are absolutely correct that as a great leader, you're really not alone because once you, you know, biblical, right? Write the vision, make it plain, right? And I even mm -hmm. say that in the work environment, because once people understand the direction that you're going in, then they can begin to climb that mountain with you. So you're absolutely correct. It's on both sides. Sometimes it feels lonely, even though we're doing the right thing. And sometimes we are lonely in the beginning because people, we haven't made our vision clear to people. Yeah, that's in right. parenting and that's in work. Because if you think about it, now, don't get me wrong, because I've heard people say, well, my employees are like my children. And so I manage them like my children. Well, what you actually just said was, I am equating adults to children. Wrong concept completely. But who you are at home is who you should be with your friends, is who you should be at work. It's where our character is at risk when we are changing how we operate at home versus how we operate in the workplace versus how we operate with our friends. And so leadership is leadership. If you can lead your family, if you can lead friends, you can lead at work. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I love that because I always say, you know, I, I think again, go back to biblically, but I do think that leadership starts at home and I think you have to be able to lead at home first and, and get your affairs in order at home before you can start trying to lead other people. Absolutely. No, absolutely. <laughs> I see too many leaders, you know, or in C-suite positions or in any kind of leadership position that dedicate their entire lives and they have their identity at work when their identity should not be at work. They should be focused at home. You know, you see a lot of people in leadership positions that are lonely or they are divorced or they are going through their own little struggles because they haven't put the time in at home to be a leader there first. And you have to create the balance. Uh, I'll, I'll share two interesting stories. I remember yeah. 
when I transitioned from New Jersey, you know, I just told you I was from Freehold, right? And so I was transitioning from one company in New Jersey to a company in Houston, Texas. One of the first things that I said to the leader that was interviewing me is that I'm a mother first. And so I have two young children at that time, they were five and three, that when the school calls and when they need me, they need to have access to me immediately. That's one. I remember during that stint there, years later, I got a call from a company in Pennsylvania and they were offering me at that time a chief marketing um, officer position. That's what I sit in now. So think 10 years ago, they were offering me that position. As a single parent, the vision became clear in front of me what was at risk and it was my children. And so while I would have had title, I would have had money, I would have had position. I would have been sacrificing raising my children to be the productive citizens that they are today for that opportunity. And so to your point, you have to know how to lead and lead in a way where you know what's at stake and you know what you're willing to risk and not risk. Yes, completely. And I and I love where you're coming from on that. And so you talk about sitting in this See, I guess it's a chief marketing officer position now, right? So, you know, you talk about being a mom and a mentor to many in your career path, you know, where's the last, what's the last five, 10 years look like for you? Um, so it's been on a journey of serving, which is interesting. I, um, I'm an overachiever. Therefore, I'm an overcommitter who likes to be, I feel like if my time isn't packed with stuff, right, um, that I'm not achieving anything. So I've served on um, the board as president for women in insurance and financial services. At the same time, I was serving on the board in leadership and then occupied the president's seat for one of the American Retirement Association um, associations called NTSA. Um, you know, I'm also active, you know, I'm a worship leader, you know, at church, I'm a deacon at church, I'm a mother and I'm a leader. And what does that, what does that say? It says that I am willing to put myself in a position where I can pour into others to make them the best version of themselves, which actually helps me become the best version of myself because I'm a giver, right? I'm direct. I'm hard. I'm tough. And I'm going to push you up that mountain as far as I believe you can go until you tell me, Darlene, I only want to go halfway up the mountain. And so the last um, five to 10 years have really looked like helping others shape and become the best versions of themselves, which actually helps me become the best version of myself. Because a win for me is when I can help that struggling individual outside of work, in family, friends, at work, when I can help them see their maximum potential and push them toward that. Yeah, I think whether it's in parenting or in leading individuals in, in the workplace, there's that fine line, that balance of pushing and then pushing too far. Mm -hmm. and, I, yes. and I think you talk about pushing them up that mountain as far as they feel like they can be pushed. And you know, as well as I do, whether it's, like I said, your kids or your employees or your the people that you lead, they can always be pushed a little bit further than they think. But there's that fine line of, am I pushing too much, too far, too hard? 
or by helping them to see their potential. They can go further than they think. Does that make sense? It makes sense. And them having, first of all, me knowing when it may be maximum from the, for them, but them also knowing when to say, that's not my dream. That's your dream, right? I could see you at the top of the mountain, but you may say, I don't want to reach the top of the mountain. And, and that's the key. You know, a person that's in a, in a servant position, right? You're there to serve and support others' visions and others' dreams. At the same time, you know that you're accomplishing your purpose because you're, you're giving, right? And so helping them see, yeah, this is where you can reach. But if you only want to get halfway up the mountain, tell me that. And then I'll help you get there. And then I'll help you maintain. It's called sustaining that success that you've achieved. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Um, so you talk about something that within leadership that a lot of people deal with, and myself included. I'm a huge, you know, uh, it's a pitfall of mine is being overcommitted. And you bring that up. We weren't even going. It's not scripted, uh, citizens of insurance town. This is something that we're just talking about here, me and Darlene here as friends now. So being overcommitted is tough because you want to say yes to everything. To you want to be involved. But at the same time, if you do that, then you're saying no to something else that could be very important too, or it could be something else. And so then you end up getting stretched so thin that you're stressed out. You got anxiety. You're taking out on people that you love. I know me personally, when I get stressed out and stretched too thin, I get a little snippy at home or I get yeah. a little short tempered with my, my friends at church or with my, uh, my wife or with my kids or my mom and dad, whatever it might be. And that's not fair to them. Or I end up neglecting some of the responsibilities that are important. And so I have our time with that. Now, recently I had to go through an exercise where not exercise, but I think in my life, I had to say no to several boards that I was on. I had to drop off of the, the POA in my, in my neighborhood. I had to drop off of some committees that I was doing within the industry. I had to drop off of some boards within the community that I was in. And I'm like, it's hard, but I had to because I needed to, to pay attention to what was going on at home. And I needed to fulfill a leadership role and some other things going on at work. And so you sometimes have to find that balance and figure out what you can and cannot do. And the truth of the matter, Heath, is it's okay. Because saying no is okay and mental health is real. And I had this conversation, you know, earlier this week with my daughter. It's okay to say no, because when we say no, what does that do? It creates an opportunity for someone else. It also gives us bandwidth to commit to the things that we should be committing to. And you think about various generations, right? Gen Z's, the unnamed generation, the latter part of the millennial, they'll say no in a heartbeat. You get to the earlier ages of millennial, you get to your boomers, you get to the Gen X's, right? We're overcommitters, we're um, overachievers, because that's the environment that we were raised in. We need to take a chapter out of Gen Z's book. It's okay to say no. And it is okay to give yourself permission to invest in you and care about your mental health. And that's a place where I'm at right now. One of the things that I am on, and I say it every day at work, is I'm on a journey of peace. And if this does not create peace in my life, then I am not going to commit to it. 
We're at a mid-roll ad, a mid-roll ad, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm excited to be talking to you about my friends over at Old School Marketing, uh, oldschoolmarketing.com. That's O-L-D-E, because the guy's old school. Remember, he's got that old red truck. They help you with uh, taking a old school method and doing it in a new school way by using uh, some really cool technology to get some of that direct mail marketing out to your customers in a drip method. Uh, to where it's it's handwritten notes written by real humans in his office that you know the the card on the envelopes written handwritten the inside of the cards handwritten so it looks like grandma sent it to you and who doesn't like to get in a card from grandma now this one's not going to have the five dollar bill in it but you're still going to love opening this card and uh, this postcard it's going to help you to get your phone ringing on a consistent basis because he use a drip method guys go to oldschoolmarketing.com and use the code town10 and you're going to get 10% off of your order again town10 guys also my good friends over at canopy connect your one click solution to getting all the deck pages you need to quote your prospect you heard him on the podcast a few weeks ago Tolga Tazel did a great job talking to us about the newest and exciting things going on with commercial insurance and how you're able to get those loss runs that you need and you're able to get the deck pages and all the things you need to quote your prospect without being intrusive and without getting in their face and having an interrogation. Ladies and gentlemen, go to usecanopy.com backslash Heath and take advantage of getting your discount, booking your demo, and doing all those things. You guys know Toga's one of my favorite people in this industry, so make sure you go and support him and what he's doing over at Canopy Connect. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, I love that. What does that look like for you as far as that journey of peace? Like that's a great question. <laughs> for me, I'm I'm an executive at my company. And so that means my days from eight in the morning, sometimes six in the evening, are packed. My schedule is packed. What I need is space to be able to stop, think, and breathe. Because I am no good to anyone if I'm going from meeting to discussion to meeting to meeting to discussion to discussion with no room to give myself a mental break, with no room to fuel myself with hydration, with food, with think time. And so for me, this week has been absolutely perfect because in an eight to 10 hour day, I've really had about three hours plus to be able to do that. That creates a sense of peace. And, you know, my colleagues will say, you know, the person that supports me will say, you have a lot of demands. Um, actually, what I'm working toward is centering myself and peace. I'll, I'll give you another thing. In the morning, I have a normal routine. I wake up at the same time every day, regardless of what side of the country I'm on, 7 a.m. I'm going to have a conversation with God. I'm going to go through my daily word, right? If I'm going to go for my two mile walk, I'm going to go for my two mile walk. But that is centering myself. And when you allow people to take those things out of your day, that disturbs your peace. It's like you said, you know, I get a little short with my family, you know, um, I'm, I'm very direct and I'm, 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 I'm telling as opposed to communicating. And so you have to own what centering and what your peace looks like and ask people to honor and respect that. Dude, I, I think that's fantastic. And, you know, I couldn't agree more as far as that goes. I have that routine as well. Somewhat, you know, um, you know, I start off my day with the Lord and I, and I take my, my walk with my dog. Uh, otherwise he's a chocolate lab. Otherwise he's crazy all day if I don't. So I take him 
serves that two purposes. But that alone time, me and my man, you know, my little man, my dog, you know, we take that walk. I talk to him, talking to God, talking to whatever it might be, centers me. And the rest yep. of the day, and so I notice a lot of times if I don't get that in, if it's raining outside, we decide not to take that walk. You know, it it, it bothers me. You know, and I, you know, it took me a long time to figure out that that's my center. That's my, my, my alone time, my, whatever you want to call it. Now my wife, she'll take two hours at target and walk around. That's her alone time. <laughs> that's my and, daughter. <laughs> and it took me a while to feel like, why do you go for two and a half hours at target? Sometimes don't even come back with anything. It's like, that's my alone time. Yeah. And so now we call it ATC. It's alone time central for her. When she goes to target, I'm like, I get it. You know, she needs her time by herself. And uh, if she comes back with some bath mat we didn't need or some towel or whatever, okay, she need her alone time, you know, and I get it. And we got, I don't know how many bath towels and whatnot we've got that we don't need, but she needed that time at Target to do her thing, drink her coffee, walk around because there's Starbucks in the, co- in the in the Target. She's got to do her thing, and I get it. But you think about that. Those are things in relationships and marriages and in work that I think sometimes we've taken for granted. Right. And just by incorporating those things in, it helps strengthen the relationship because he can have a stronger relationship with his wife because he has his alone time or his man and boy time. And because his wife has her alone time and her, you know, her friend time. Right. And those are things that we take for granted. Um, being, being a, a, a leader, right. Being in a relationship doesn't mean you're bonded like this 24 hours a day. It means that we have an understanding of the needs that each other needs. And we respect that and give, us the opportunity to have our individualism at the same time that we're in this yep. relationship, regardless of what type of relationship it is. No, I get that completely. And so, you know, you being on this board, you know, and being involved in the women and in insurance financial services, you know, you talk about being a leader in that. Is this some of the, the concepts that you share you're talking to us right now with the women and helping advance them in financial service, or is it more leadership principles at, at work or talking more about works type stuff, or is it a balance of both? It's a combination. So um, WIFS is focused on attracting, developing, and advancing women in the financial services industry. Why? Because women outnumber men in the United States, 51% to 49%. It is also statistically known by creditable sources that by 2030, women will inherit a majority of the wealth in the United States to the tune of $12 trillion plus. So that matters. So we are um, about 25%, depending on the statistics you look at in the financial services industry. That means women in a financial advisor role, in a securities role where they can advise others about their options or the investments where they can support families in setting them up for financial security. I just mentioned that $12 trillion is the assets that they are expected to inherit. It's important for women to be a part of the conversation. The insurance industry has been historically male and Caucasian. We have to build up the number of women in this industry in order for us to serve the needs 
of America, specifically middle America. And so we talk about what you need from an industry industry perspective to grow and change. We're a thought leader when it comes to that. We've This association has been in place for 87 plus years. We also have one of the best mentorship programs in the industry. We've seen you know, some of our strategic partners start to launch their own mentorship programs, but it's an opportunity for people like me and other individuals you know, in this industry who are part of our association and we have about 2000 members to really pour into others, right? Whether they are uh, someone new coming into the industry or someone that has is seasoned and is changing careers. I was a teacher and I now want to be, you know, a, a, an insurance professional, right? And so we mentor and pour into to other women. And then, you know, on a monthly basis, we're offering you educational topics that help to keep you on top of your game when it comes to the information that we're providing you. So it's a combination of both, helping them develop as uh, women, helping them develop as leaders, and then equipping them so that they can reach back and go grab the next woman and support her in the industry. Yeah, and, and I love that. And so all the things you just talked about, you know, I I struggle as a man. I'm not going to lie. You know, as a man in this industry, you know, pale male and stale industry, I'm raising two daughters. My wife is a CEO of an insurance association. Um, but I struggle as a, as a man because I want to be able to teach my daughters. And I hear my wife the same way that it's great, you know, to elevate women and, and whatnot. And like talking to you right now, you're in the position you're at, not because you're a, a female in leadership or a black female leader. It's because you're just a leader. And I love how you start off. You are a leader. You're a mother and a mentor to many. But it doesn't, I just, I struggle with that. I, I don't know. Maybe you can help me understand how can I navigate through that? Because I want to be able to support women in this industry, but not because of their anatomy, but because they are strong leaders. Does that make sense? It does. So, Identify, I'll take it back to the word individualism, identify the unique characteristics in the individual, whether that's yeah. your, your, your daughter, your son, you know, the person that you are, you're managing or have a relationship with what's unique about that individual and then hone in on that particular skill set. Right. I'll give you an example. Both of my kids were D one level athletes. I have a son and I have a daughter. My daughter followed that dream all the way to play at the D1 level. My son decided he didn't want to play at the Division I level, but I recognized what his abilities were, supported him in his dream, his goals, and his ambitions, supported my daughter in hers. Sometimes what we can do is we can lump them in and say, they're the same. They're all the same. And so then we support them from that perspective of my dream, my goal, my vision for you is X. And that's what we push them toward. You have to allow people to be unique in their own right and support them from that seat. I chose the path of going to a four-year university as opposed to my siblings who chose the path of going to a two-year university because I've always been a dreamer. I've always had a vision for myself. So once I went to the four-year university, broadcasting in New York, Sue Simmons was, you know, the face that everything was modeled after, right? So hard to get into that industry, went right back to school to get my master's. Now, what does that do for me 
30 something years later, I chose my path in my 20s. It helps me to choose my path today at the age that I am today, because those were the things that I set in motion, not because I was black, not because I was a female, but because those were things that I wanted to achieve. And now I can use them as leverage for me to move forward in corporate America today. And so it, it has nothing to do with my identifying characteristics. It is what I invested in Darlene to get in the seats that she is getting in because those doors are open. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And I, I think that, uh, again, I think we talk about, and again, right now, again, it's something I struggle with uh, as the position that I'm in, as, and I'm not, I can't deny who I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a man in the insurance industry and I identify as a male in the industry and I can't help my age. <laughs> I was born when I was born. But there's a lot going on with gender, with, you know, gender roles, you know, people identifying as other mm -hmm. genders and whatnot. And so as someone who is a leader in the women in insurance and financial services, how do you approach that kind of moving forward in that? If you see everyone as human and as a, as an individual, my lifestyle shouldn't matter in, in any conversation. Um, when you look at the LGBT community, $2 trillion in um, money is what they add to the bottom line from our economy perspective. That is their buying power. Almost $2 trillion. Yeah. They have needs just like every other non-identifying LGBT person, you know, in the U S right. They have families, they have health issues. We're all going to come to the path where, you know, we are dying and we need, we need life insurance. We need health benefits. We need living benefits. It, if we see them as an individual, nothing else should matter. You are serving the needs of an individual. What they identify with outside of that, it really should matter. And that's how, and that's how I look at it. You know, quite honestly, I have LGBT members in my family. It, it doesn't matter. I love you. Well. I love yeah. you just the same. I am not the judge. Yeah. I am not the judge. Agreed completely. And I just think, you know, again, going back to the individual, the person who is the leader, you know, no matter what they're claiming or what their role is or whatever it might be, I think that if we can identify them as the individual that they are, male, female, black, white, gender, whatever it might be. See them I, for them. I mean, just see, see them, them for them. them. If you're leading, if you, if you are a leader at home, at work, yeah. wherever, right? You yeah. lead from the heart, right? You really, you really lead from the heart. And that means that leadership has to be unbiased. Yeah. So any preconceived notions that I bring into a thought process, all of those have to be removed because you really have to lead from an unbiased perspective. 100%. And if you're leading from your heart, you're going to leave from an unbiased perspective. You can't bring bias into it. And, and when you talk about lifestyles and any other thing, you know, where they live and how they were raised and what school they went to, you really now bring a bias into the process. Cause if I didn't go to Harvard, you know, I went to um, Texas Southern university, you know, that creates a bias. I remember you probably know this Heath, right? When we were growing up and, you know, creating resumes, it was certain things that you didn't put on your resume because it would identify what you were associated with today. 
that stuff really shouldn't matter. Can you do the job? Can you execute and deliver on what it is we're asking you to do? Yeah, I really agree. Uh, and so you mentioned earlier transitioning a little bit and you talked about, you know, the, the buying power of certain individuals. You talked about, you know, women and the 12 trillion they're going to hear it. You talked about, you know, middle Americans, you know, and one of the things that I wanted to get into for a minute before we got into uh, national life was, um, you know, that money that represents middle Americans, you know, how do you, what are the, some of the marketing strategies that we listen to, whether we're on the PNC side, the life and health side, you know, whatever side of the insurance industry is listening right now in insurance town, you know, what are some of the strategies that you have to help middle Americans understand insurance and then in, in specific life and annuity and, and, and the financial services? It's really about um, helping them have the financial security that they want um, and deserve. And so when you think about middle America and marketing strategies, it is one, communicating on the level that they understand, right? The concepts can't be so high level, right? Where they don't understand what it is they're purchasing. Help them to understand the need. If I can show you today, how to make $200 work for your family so that you can begin to leave a legacy. Are you willing to have a conversation with me? You, you don't lead with selling a product. The product is the solution to the need that they've identified. So you need to understand what that either individual or family dynamic is, what their financial goals are, and then you respond with the solutions that then lead to a product. The product is the last thing that you're selling. Because if you go in with the product, then your mind is made up on what it is you're offering them. You haven't heard them. So what are your needs? What are your goals? Products is the last thing that you sell. Yeah, no, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Because again, people want to shove the product down people's throat and say this. At the end of the day, what you're saying is, I don't care what you want or what you need I, I, i'm just pushing what i need to do my right. agenda is more important than your agenda correct and we can't do it we need to be more two ears one mouth my wife tells me all the time you got two ears and one mouth for a reason shut up you know listen you know whether it's to my kids or to my clients or to whoever and i think in sales i try to teach this as a sales coach all the time to just be quiet listen let them talk and then devise your your uh, your strategy from there your consulting practice from there and we're in the relationship business. So think about this, 100%. right? We're yes. in the relationship business. That, that first appointment is really getting to know them. If you happen to, you know, make a sale that day, but if you don't, how, how much more important is it to make the relationship so that when you go back on that second appointment, now you can present them with solutions because you've heard them. So we are in the relationship building. And so let's build relationships so that we can really start securing the financial future of middle America. So as a, as a company, and you, you represent National Life uh, Company based out of Montpelier, New, 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 no, Vermont. Vermont. <laughs> Couldn't get that out right. Montpelier, Vermont. Uh, so tell me about, you know, as a CM, CMO, uh, what, what is a company, how do you as a company you know, what's your strategies there to market to middle America? 
It's really simple. It's our mission, vision, and our values. Our goal is to bring peace of mind to everyone we touch. How do we do that? We do that by keeping our promises. Our promises really are having the ability that when our policyholders need us most, that's in living and in death, that we can deliver on paying those benefits. Most companies will publish you know, what their sales numbers were. One of the things that we make sure we publish on a regular basis is the amount of benefits that we pay out to those who have entrusted us with their lives, the lives of their families, right? To the tune every year of two to, th- two to $4 billion, we're paying out benefits. And we talk about that. And then our core values at the heart of who we are as servant leaders, we want to make sure that we're always doing good, being good, and making good in the communities that we work and live in. And so, you know, our mission, our vision, and our core values are at the heart of who we are when it comes to serving middle America. It's the primary reason I'm with National Life Group. I love it. We stand true to it and we support it every day in everything that we do. So living by those value principles, it's more about that than it is even the products that you sell, it sounds like. Our products sell themselves because we don't sell life insurance. We sell solutions or offer solutions that middle Americans need to be able to retire with the dignity that they want and deserve and to care for their families and in life and in death. And I stress the life because we were one of the first companies to launch what's called living benefits. That means you don't have to die to tap into your life insurance. If you have, you know, based on a plethora and a list of things that we have, if if you have a chronic illness and you have a life insurance policy with National Life Group, we can, through our process, offer you the benefit of your policy so that you can get the care that you need for, that you can take care of your family. So our products really focus on the living benefits component of it. I love that. And and also, ladies and gentlemen, they're listening to this. If you're in sales, that was just a masterful way of, of having a sales pitch. We don't sell a product. We sell a solution, you know, and, and then you went into what that solution was to what problem. How many, have you practiced that a lot or did I just roll right off because you're that It's good? just, you know what? I When I say I joined this company because – their mission, vision, and values connected with who I am personally. We talked about this, right? I, biblical, right? I went to the Bible early, but it connected with who I am as a person. And so it becomes easy for me to talk about it because it is a part of who I am. And that's why I'm here. Yeah. It sounds like a company that matches your integrity. Yes. And I, and I love that. And being a former pastor myself and being, oh, wow. you know, yeah, uh, the <laughs> listeners that have listened to this show for three or four years know that. But yeah, I um, you know was a pastor, so I get that and I understand that. Again, it's I've tried to follow that journey you know throughout my career as a as an insurance professional now to make sure I always go to somewhere that matches my integrity, that matches what I want to live Absolutely. out in my life. And just because I don't you know have the title of pastor anymore, I am always representing the Lord and everything I do and my family and my work. So anyhow, that being said, uh, 
I do think that that was a because I'm a sales coach as well, and I talk about that in uh, you know I do sales, and I think sales and marketing are hand in hand. Yes. But the way you handled that was a masterful sales pitch. You know, to say, you know, we don't sell a product, we sell a solution. And I think if Absolutely. you're out there listening as an independent agent right now, you're in a hard market, and everybody is shopping because rates are going up because things are happening. But if you're selling a product, you're in trouble. But if you're, you're selling in trouble. a solution, you're yeah. good. Yeah. Offer them a solution. Yeah. I love and that. I, and I know, listen? okay, the first time is, is okay, right? Because we're in the business of building relationships. And so yeah, COVID has so taught us a lot, right? COVID, yes. COVID helped us know as Americans we need insurance because it made death even more real. We all know we have to cross that bridge. But what COVID said is, I'm going to take you out real quick. And so if you want to prepare, right, you need to be talking to someone about one of those solutions. And so you have a great opportunity. You have to approach the opportunity the right way. It's not a sale. It is really not a sale. So um, while we're into this section for a minute, let, let's talk for just a minute to the audience about, because I have a lot of property and casualty agents that listen to this show um, that are independent agents that sell PNC. But I think this is a great opportunity in this hard market when they're in, their auto rates are going up, home rates are going up, commercial insurance rates are going up. I mean, obviously life is too, but this is an opportunity to dive into the life and health sector as well, to be able to sell some other products, to be able to round out accounts. Is there some advice you could give to PNC agents listening right now to cross sell into life? I'm going to say it differently. There's an okay. opportunity for us as agents to build partnerships with each other because a life agent needs a PNC agent, just like a, a PNC agent needs a life agent. One of the things that I, I teach and talk about is when you build those re relationships, right? And think reverse mortgages and some of those other things, right? When someone wants to take a mortgage, typically what's the first thing they're going to do? they're going to stop paying something. And it's likely into their 401k, 403b, 457 account, but they're going to look in that life, at that life insurance policy that they're saying, well, I'm paying X amount of dollars for that. Is that really working for me? Well, by the two of you joining forces and potentially sharing clients, I am going to be able to help your client understand why not stopping their contributions into that retirement vehicle or in that insurance vehicle, we can still work together for you to get that mortgage that you need, right? And so I would say it's forging relationships, also getting dual license so you can sell from a property casualty perspective, also um, on the life side. You know, I share with you um, before we got on, my son just, you know, got his license in, in Texas. And what I said to him is you need to get PNC, right? So that you have the ability to be able to do both. If you don't, you need to forge those relationships with other agents or advisors so that you guys can keep your clients on the right track. I think that's good. I, I, I think it's good advice to give to your son. I think it's good advice to give to people out there that are listening because it's an opportunity and there's a lot of Huge opportunity. opportunity. There's a lot of money out there uh, for both sides of the fence there for life and health and PNC. And so I, I just want to make sure that I got into a little bit of that there to talk to my PNC friends out there because there's a lot out there. So now for me personally, 
I don't know a lot about national life. Um, you know, I want to have you on as a leader to talk about leadership, but also want to give you a runway here to talk a little bit about national life. Uh, I, I grew up a life guy. Uh, my dad is 80 years old, still slinging life insurance. So he brought me into the business uh, from church work to selling life insurance 23 years ago, 22 years ago. So I cut my teeth there. And so I'm a huge believer. I love it. And I love the supplemental side of it, the whole nine. However, I, again, I've never heard of, and I don't know a lot about national life. So won't you give me a, a high level view? What, what is national life? Uh, how many states are you in? What, what can the audience, they want to learn more? What can they know? So national life group is um, an insurance company that's based out of two locations, Mount Pillar, Vermont and Addison, Texas. We are a 175 year old company that has been serving middle America since day one. Our president, Mehran Asadi, likes to say we were national then and we're national now. From our first policy, when we didn't have the funds to pay it, our board got together, collected the money, and paid that gold miner who died in California, who was from the state of Vermont. And today, we're still paying on those claims. Our ratings continue to be increased by the rating companies. We are the number one provider of fixed index annuities in the employer-sponsored space. We are in the top 10 when it comes to uh, providing life insurance to um, middle Americans and protecting those families across the country. Forbes just named us um, as one of the top insurers um, in the country. We were also named in 2022 by Best Inc. as one of the top insurers. We, um, when we talk about sustaining, you know, success, we have been able to sustain our success for 175 years. Again, we were national then and we are national now. We are one of the fastest growing insurance companies in the U.S. today. That's who National Life Group is. Wow. That, that's, to say, that, that's a big statement to be able to say the fastest growing even now, you've been around 175 years. That's that's huge. So the products at National Life, is it a herd annuities and a herd life? Do y'all do anything within the supplemental realm of cancer, life, or cancer, disability, anything like that? Or is it life and annuities simply? Uh, life and annuity is primarily what we focus on. Um, and then we have products that are underneath that. Um, but life and annuity is primarily what we focus on. Uh, whole life and term? Whole life, term, universal, the whole okay. gamut. Yep. The whole and gamut. then, yep. And then we focus on primarily fixed index annuities. We have multi year guaranteed annuities um, from an annuity perspective, um, but we are um, index annuities is where we primarily focus. All right. Uh, so if an agent or if someone listening to the show right, right now wanted to reach out, you know, what's the best way to get in touch with National Life? I would say um, you could log on to our website and shoot us an email from the contact us, contact us now um, section of our public website, or um, I am your chief marketing officer, Darlene Flagg. You can shoot me an email at dflagg2gs at nationallife.com, and I will get you to the right uh, distribution leader um, for you to start having conversations. And. How many states are you guys in? You say we are licensed in every state in the United States, including Puerto Rico. That is fantastic. Okay. I just want to make sure because you said you're national then, you're national now. We're so, national then. Yep. <laughs> wow. 
So um, there's not an agent listening right now that could say, oh, I can't get that appointment. So you're everywhere. You're licensed everywhere. Okay. So licensed everywhere. That is, that is awesome. And so what is something that do this? Okay. We're going to make things down bottom shelf. We're going to make sure everybody can understand this a little bit. So tell the audience, if you don't mind, uh, high level, what is an annuity and how does that, you know, operate real quick? So an annuity is an investment that you place money in, particularly ours, where um, you invest and you don't lose your principal that's been invested. And so um, regardless of how the money is invested from a company's perspective, we guarantee that what you invest in that product offering is that you will have that money there, right? And um, we guarantee based on rates that you will um, you will collect an interest or uh, something additional on your funds. Um, so it's really you invest because there are different types of annuities, right? There are variable annuities, there are fixed indexed annuities, there are SPIAs, there are DIAs, right? Um, but typically in an annuity, most annuities, you don't lose what you've initially invested. And in a National Life Group's case, that is exactly how it works. So you invest in it, and then when it comes to a pool of a lump sum amount of money, then you can annuitize that, so to speak, and say, I want this lump sum paid out over how Correct. many years. Okay. That's that's I, one concept. Yes. 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 I just wanted to high level for people who are listening that may be asking themselves, what is annuity? Got it. So in National Life is, you know, been named top in that by you said Forbes and Best. Uh, Correct. That's, that's incredible. Congratulations on that. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So I appreciate you coming, hanging out with us. I appreciate you being with us. Is there anything that you wanted to get, you know, get out that we didn't talk about, you know, and that we didn't get into, whether it's national life or leadership, anything that you lasting thing you will leave with the audience? I'll just remind the audience um, that leadership starts with the heart and it's important for you to be the change that you want to see. So that means be the leader that you want to see in other people. They will model the behavior that they see. So when you stand up, they will stand up and stay out, stand out. Look at you. I like that. I like that the way you ended that. Good for you, man. Thank you so much. Thank and you. Thank you for hanging out. Thank you for being a mom and a mentor to so many. And that's D flag with two G's. So make sure you you email her and reach out. And uh, I think to be, she would love to mentor, you know, you as well. She would love to be a part of your life and she can connect you to the right people if you want to get involved in national life. So thank you so much, Darlene. Thank you, Heath. Thanks for having me today. Thank you so you much. You got it. Wasn't that fun? Are you inspired? Are you ready to run through a brick wall right now? Because Darlene flag got me fired up. Thank you so much, Darlene. And thank you so much, guys, for listening to the show and continuing to listen. Tell your friends. I don't ask this very often, but please go and subscribe. Go and like, you know, when you see posts, go and tell your friends and download and make sure you don't miss anything. Guys, uh, we are growing so rapidly in Insurance Town, and I've been able to travel so much lately and speak to different crowds and do podcasting from different areas, and it's been an absolute blast. But it's all because of you. You believed in me. You've stuck with me. You've hang with me. We're coming up on uh, the end of year three, which is wild. Um, guys, thank you again so much. Uh, we are just uh, so blessed and honored to be here with you. I am so proud to be the mayor of Insurance Town. And guys, if you have any show ideas, 
if you have any guest ideas, or if you want to be a guest yourself. I've had many of you reach out to me and tell me you could be a great guest or you knew of somebody. Continue to do that, Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com, or hit me up on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. Uh, anywhere you could find me, I'm there. Uh, but mostly, I, I love the mailbag at insurancetownpodcast.com. Um, but however you find me, do it. I can't wait um, for you guys to hear this one and email me. Guys, thank you so much, and I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.